Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion, the podcast that seeks to encourage you in your faith or encourage you to have some in the right place. We are all about the Lord Jesus Christ here at It's a Religion, but we contrast that with a lot of other things. So again, we come to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America to the Republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, and I've been at this now for a little while. And though you may not agree with me, that still doesn't circumvent the truth of Christ and the truth of creation, the truth of how we really got here. And God's word is very clear on what he did, how he did it, uh, is another mystery. We don't know how God formed the world. We don't know how God formed humans. He doesn't specifically say that in his word, but he does say that he did it. He spoke it into existence by the word of his power. And he apparently has the ability to uh, change <clears throat> to change things, to circumvent the laws of physics he put in place. Why do we have laws? Why do we have laws of physics? Why do we have uh, things that uh, do work and don't work? Why do we have the human genome? Why do we have things that are defined specifically and work specifically. And science will say, or scientists will say, well, because of this being in place, we know it, it was like this millions of years ago. And I contend, no, you don't, because you weren't there millions of years ago. Nobody was. Um, I would say nobody was there past about 6,000 years ago or so when the earth was really actually created. And when you look at historical documents and things that we can find uh, in terms of reference, that's about how old the earth would seem to be. But scientists have come up with uh, a lot of gobbledygook about uh, soup and millions of years being the cause of it all. And people have decided because they don't want to submit to God, because they want to be their own God, because they want to uh, create their own way that they're not going to follow what God has specifically said and called out in his word. Even a lot of Christians now, supposed Christians, will not start with God's word. They start with man's wisdom and man's faulty wisdom, quite frankly. Man's subdued wisdom in the fact that he is a sinful creature and cannot think perfectly in a lot of ways. The beginning of wisdom starts with fear of the Lord. And so fearing God properly means you trust in him and his word before, over and above your own intellect, over and above your own ability to think, over and above your own ability to trust in other people because of what you see, think, you know. And I go back to a discussion I had with, with a professor at a supposed Christian college that was teaching theistic evolution and trying to merge these two things. And he would just always go bad. Well, what about Christ being able to instantly uh, change somebody's arm or eyeball or uh, heal them of leprosy? I mean, basically, he was circumventing the laws of physics to make these things happen, but doing it instantly. He didn't need millions of years. Well, my colleagues would say, da, 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 da. And, you know, they're putting their trust in their own intellect and they're for. Frankly, they're more concerned with man's opinion than God's. And it's a sad state at that point for Christianity and the Christian church. 
But we here at It's a Religion, we contrast that. We want to show people the difference in putting faith and trust in things like evolution, secular humanism, Mohammedism, uh, and lots of other isms versus Christianity. Christianity dictates that there is one way to God that's through the Son, Jesus Christ, at this point. He came to earth to give us uh, instruction and then went to the cross and died for our sins. And, you know, we're studying that here in uh, It's a Religion about life and the fact that life is in the blood. And uh, God has said that because of sin, life, sin must be atoned for with life, with uh, blood. And in the past, the Israelites had to sacrifice animals in order to atone for their sin. But uh, since Jesus came and, and provided the perfect sacrifice for that, um, for the sins of humanity, we no, no, no longer need to sacrifice animals. We just have to trust in what Christ did for us. So with that, we are studying the tenets of life in the Bible. We're doing some word studies before we get back to just uh, looking at the Bible specifically um, in terms of reading it through uh, cover to cover. But uh, we are in the book of, we skip forward a little bit, we're in the book of Proverbs. And we get to Proverbs chapter 4, and we start seeing some references to life I wanted to highlight. Um, let me get to the right place here in my Bible. So, spring is finally getting here. We're uh, excited about that, obviously. Uh, the renewal of things. You see the cycle of how God designed this. Well, I, you know, I wonder about that. I wonder at creation how the seasons were. If, you know, if you think about it, the earth was on a different tilt. Uh, the climate would be quite a bit different, wouldn't it? And nobody really knows how we got on the tilt that we're on, but we are on a tilt of some, you know, a certain amount of degrees. And, that causes certain things. When we have more direct sunlight hitting us, we're actually, I think, further from the sun, yet in the northern hemisphere, when we're turned toward the sun more for part of the year, that's why we have the summer months that we do. And I think there's a reasonable understanding that before the flood, the earth may not have been tilted, and it may have been that more of the earth was warmer. There wasn't, you didn't have the polar ice caps as much as what you do today and so on and so forth because you find in the Arctic regions uh, fossils of uh, living animals and things, which again, I believe are from the flood when God uh, covered the earth with water and killed everything but a small portion of humanity along with some of the uh, one of every kind of animals which I think proves itself out in the amount of population that we have and things. You know, a lot of other things prove that the earth really isn't that old. I mean, if you really truly had millions of years where humanity developed, you'd have a lot of representation in the fossil record of transitionary forms and things like that. I mean, we don't see anything transitioning as we speak. There's no gerbils transforming into 
some other creature. We don't see uh, even sea animals transitioning into other things. We don't see sea animals transitioning, you know, out of the sea into uh, walking human beings. And people will say, well, yeah, it's because it digs millions of years, man. You know, what's the problem? But it's ridiculous. So to even say that, and yet people still put their faith and trust in it. So here we go. We're studying life. And in the book of Proverbs, we see this, starting in, in verse 10 of chapter 4. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. So he's talking about wisdom here. And the wisdom of Solomon is legendary and was given by God. Uh, and then he lost his way because he became selfish about some things later in his life um, and did not completely follow God in the way that he should have. Um, but he did have a long life. So take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. When we accept instruction from those who know better than we do, and I think about this with, with my own children sometimes, how I wish they would have taken some of my instruction based on my own failings and successes. And though they have taken some of them, others that I, I think were probably more important, uh, they have not and have decided to try things on their own merit. And uh, anyway... As parents, I'm sure some of you can understand that. Uh, you want your children to not have to repeat the mistakes that you did. And uh, it's just not always the case. So, um, Verse 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, you know, our hearts are deceptively wick wicked, uh, Jeremiah says in, in other places of the Bible, but Christ also talks about out of a good heart, a good man does good things. And so when we look at the heart, that is the, the centerpiece of, you know, where our passion lies, what we are passionate about, what we care about, what we think about a lot. And the issues of life, the things that we care about are, are a resultant of what's in our heart, what we desire. And when you finally get to a point where you put Christ first, it changes what you desire to be true, what you desire to happen, what you desire to do with your life. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I don't know exactly what awaits for us at the end of the day and when we go into heaven, but um, I just know that, that seeing the difference in how I used to be versus how I am today, I would not change it for the world. And I do have a lot of different... You know, I have some things that I still are the, the same um, in what I desire about certain things, but there's a lot of things that are different too. So it's a, it's a good thing. And 623, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. You know, when we follow instruction of good things, of the commandment of God, when God is first in people's lives, a lot of these things that we deal with in society would not be occurring. You wouldn't have families without fathers. You wouldn't have all this uh, need for government solving everybody's problems. I mean, people would be handling things on their own, and they would be putting trust and faith in the right place and not in government or in other individuals to solve their problems. 
Um, let's see, chapter 10, verse 16. The labor of the righteous tends to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. And that's just a fact. When you have people who are trying to be righteous, they are focused on others' needs. They're focused on taking care of their family. They're focused on um, telling the truth and being being good and righteous folks. I mean, we don't see that in this country. We kicked God out of our public schools back in the 70s, decided to start killing children uh, in the womb, and you see where we're at 50 years later. I mean, it's a mess. Uh, you know, I think Donald Trump... When he was elected president, the first couple of years he was there, tried to implement some really good things um, to get back to conservatism. But the, the federal government's gotten out of hand. You're never going to put it back in a box. I was looking at an article uh, that I thought is very interesting. I'll comment on it in a bit. But um, So let's see. He is in the way of life that keeps instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs. It's pretty self-explanatory there. There's not, not a whole lot of question mark. A righteous man regards the life of his beast, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So regard the life of your beast. You know, if you have uh, a dog or a cat or you're on a farm and you're taking care of animals, well, have regard for the life of your beast. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Sin is death, folks, and... We are all sinful, but when we focus in the right place, and again, that's our premise here at It's a Religion. When you put your faith and trust in Christ versus all this other stuff that you could and that people do as a replacement or uh, some way to circumvent the truth of God or try to, because you can't do that. I mean, you, you, if God is God, he's on the throne and he's not going to be circumvented by anything. And to do that to try and do that is is simply a joke and ridiculous so so that is our word study on life today we'll come back to more to more of that tomorrow um only a couple quick comments on the news today one was uh out of fox news there's an article by um covid lockdown lessons learned fauci amendment would mean no more health dictator in chief and it's an opinion by Rand Paul. So he's going to propose an amendment. Now, he's right about the facts here. We've learned a lot over the past few years, one lesson in particular is that no one person should be deemed dictator-in-chief. No one person should have unilateral authority to make decisions for millions of Americans. And I would agree with that. And we didn't really have one person. We had a, a very few people that, uh, you know, the director at the CDC and the folks there, the director of the NIH and Mr. Fauci and company, um, you know, it certainly, we let it get way out of hand and the media was more than happy to help make that happen. And it goes on to say, to ensure that ineffective, unscientific lockdowns and mandates are never foisted on the American people ever again, I will introduce an amendment to eliminate Dr. Fauci's position as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Now, right there, I'm hunky-dory. Bring it on, Rand. Let's get rid of it. Get, why Why do we need this guy? Why does there need to be, is, is the federal government supposed to be analyzing infectious diseases? I would say not. I would say that's not a charter of the federal government. It's not something that the federal government should even be involved in. 
you know, maybe you have one person that is tied to some other department that is looking at collecting data and putting it out there um, for doctors to use and analyzing how they treat patients. Any more than that, what do you need? You know, but these guys are spending so much money on research and giving it to colleges and places to do research on things that, uh, which is why we got in this mess because I believe because the money that Fauci had to spend, I think caused a lot of this stuff in the first place. So he's saying the answer to this, which I do not agree with, is divide his power into three separate new institutes. And I'm just thinking, Rand, what are you doing? No, we don't need more institutes. We don't need more diversity of federal institutions. Each of these three institutes will be led by a director who is appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate for a five-year term. This great accountability and oversight. How? Now you got to account for three different people spending taxpayer dollars um, by politicians that have no center anymore because a lot of them don't have their faith and trust in God or don't act that way at least. No one person should have the sole authority to dictate science. That is true. So let's get rid of the position, period, exclamation point, done. You know, and he goes on to, to say a lot about different things, but I'm just like, no, let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of the Department of Education. Um, and like probably three quarters of the federal government, you could lop off tomorrow and be done. And we would not miss a beat in this country. Because most people could care less. You know, and the, the, it's not supposed to be this way. The federal government should not have that much influence over our lives. And yet, because of communication and technology, um, I fear it's becoming more and more centralized. And that's, that's why people tend to, uh, especially younger generations, agree with the idea of socialism because... There's one place you can point to then. So in a, another development, Stellantis CEO looks to catch up with Tesla in coming years. So Carlos Taveras sees his company catching up with EV pioneer Tesla in the coming years. Reuters reports from the Mobility TV World session. Sees the competition benefiting the consumers. Um... So Stellantis CEO says company being forced to make electric vehicles. Stellantis, Samsung, SDI collaborate to produce EV battery for North America. So there's going to be more competition in that arena. Now, I work in this industry. I go to Michigan quite often, and we have people that, uh, a division in Detroit that works a lot with the automotives, and there's a huge push for EV. And when you look at the cost of gas, I think that's another reason Biden really doesn't care. He doesn't care if the gas price goes to six, ten dollars a gallon because it's gonna make more and more people want electric vehicles. But the problem with that is we don't have the infrastructure in place to support that much uh increase in electric demand. And that's gonna cause a whole slew of other problems. Now they're trying to supposedly fix that. Um in the near future, but it's, it's, that takes time to implement new things and new infrastructure plans. You know, that my tenant from a uh, government standpoint, you know, that's the two, two or three things the federal government should be doing. One is building roads 
and infrastructure, bridges, things like that, that roads that interconnect our country. Um, that is certainly a responsibility of the federal government and providing a military, keeping our borders safe, securing our borders as a country. That is, and they're failing miserably at both of those. I don't know how many of you drive around on our, our roads, but most of our interstates should be six lane highways at this point because we have enough traffic on them, especially east of the Mississippi. You know, I don't know if you can say that west of the Mississippi till you get on the west coast or down south far enough, but uh, it's, uh, um, you know, driving anywhere out to the east, you really need six lane roads at a minimum. So, you know, I, that's where a lot of the money ought to be going. We shouldn't be giving $15 billion to Ukraine to support them, the money that we don't have. And we should be taking care of our own. And I think most reasonable Americans would say that same thing. How Congress doesn't get that, I do not know. And I don't know if it's just because they don't, they're not responsible for any of that money. They, they're not held to account. And uh, sometimes I wonder if, if term limits wouldn't help that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, men are still sinful. And no matter how good your design is for government to circumvent the sinfulness of man, which I think our founders did a pretty good job of, I mean, we see it right before us that it's, it's at the end of the day, you're not going to. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you. So anyway, I'm glad that there is a King of Kings and a Lord of Lords that we can put our faith and trust in that is beyond this world, that is beyond our federal government, that is beyond um, that is beyond what is going to fail in this life. That is beyond what uh, men can do in this life. You know, Jesus said, be afraid of the one who can condemn you to hell and not the one that can hurt your body in this life because this life is temporary. But when you leave here, that is eternal. That's going to be forever. So where do you really want to put your faith and trust in people like Joe Biden or even Donald Trump? That's still temporary. You know, Trump's not going to live forever. But there is one who is forever, who has been forever, who is from forever. He created you. He sustains life on this planet. And he's calling to you saying, hey, I got what you need. I can save your soul and provide you with a life beyond what you could expect otherwise. So give up all the stuff and come to me. Put your faith and trust where it really belongs. And you will have true life. And that's what life is really all about. So with that, got a lot of catching up to do today. Been on vacation for the last week. So we're going to get started on that. And uh, we will hope that you have a blessed day and a super week. Thank you, Lord, for the small things Like me and her on a porch swing For summer nights and fireflies And the sound of my old six-string Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings If I still got breath in these lungs Then that's all I need to get down on my knees And be thankful for all that he's done For my mama, for my friends